Hi, this is Jim Anderson with Psalm Tree Consulting, coming to you with a biblically focused business podcast. And today, uh, I'm going to talk about priorities with ethics. As business, as Christian business owners, this seems like this is probably one of the most obvious areas and that we need to uh, consider when we are operating a business as a Christian, because especially if we're openly Christian. <laughs> We need to, you know, we let we we use that um, characterization of ourselves, and that and that we we say that we are Christian-owned business. People are going to be looking at us a little closer um, and looking for hypocrisy. Because to tell you the truth, in the years that I have been in the business world, I have found that. More than not, Christian business owners have a tendency to justify things in their minds that even some uh, non-Christian business owners don't even do, and and that's interesting. But there, but still, there still is a higher standard for us um, because we are under scrutiny. When you put yourself out there as a Christian, you you let people know that you have this higher standard, they're going to look for that and they're going to expect it and they're going to look for slip ups and we are going to mess up. Sure. Um, But we do need to establish some ethical priorities and we need to incorporate them into the culture of our business. Otherwise we're going to find ourselves trapped. One of those areas is in taxes. You know, nothing um, represents your spiritual values more clearly than your attitude towards paying taxes. You know, I know that nobody likes paying taxes, but it's really clear in Scripture that that we are to uh, to pay our taxes, um, whether they're fair or not. We have to pay them. Um. And so cheating on income taxes or any other kind of tax is is a sin, and it separates us from God. But it's become one of the most common things that Christians do in business because everybody finds tries to find ways not to pay taxes. Now, I'm not saying that if you can find a legal way to pay less taxes— um, that that's wrong. That's not wrong because it's written into the code that you can take these discounts if you have these certain conditions. And, you know, there's the, the tax code has become extremely complex as a result of that. And as business owners, we have lots of opportunities to pay less taxes. But we want the easy way out and we don't understand what things that we can do we don't hire a tax expert to help us. And, and actually, you know, there are a lot of larger businesses that they hire tax attorneys and uh, you know, tax accountants to um, maximize their tax deductions and are able to get away with paying sometimes no taxes at all on their corporations because of the tax strategies that they put in place. And it's possible. And that's totally legal. Um, and 
I'm not saying that that is a sin. Because what they have done is they have they have they've cooperated with the conditions of the government on you know what they can do to take to reduce their tax liabilities. So that means that they're doing the things that the government is incentivizing them to do. Now, whether or not all of that, all those things are moral is an, is another question, and that's where we come in with a higher standard. But um, you know, there are, and there are even some that have have say, okay, well, you want to take the legal argument. Um, the Sixteenth Amendment was never re- legally ratified, and therefore, it's unconstitutional. And so we can, you know, they make a legal argument that taxes are not, and and, and actually there are very a lot of Christians that are are adopting that um, idea, and I've come across that myself, and have uh, um, began to wonder whether or not really if I should follow that. But the Supreme Court consistently has upheld the tax laws, and. Um, you know, so we have to assume they're legal. It's if the Supreme Court has upheld them, it's going to be pretty hard to fight them as being illegal. And um, you know, whether they're fair or not, you know, it's just uh, you know <laughs> that's why Jesus said that you know we need to render unto Caesar what is his. And um, you know, our money system, our monetary system is is uh um you know we we have to we have to we have to cooperate in that in that monetary system and we're under a government unless the government asks us to do something that's in conflict with god's word then we don't do that because we are a citizen of heaven before we're a citizen of the united states or whatever country we're in but um uh it's it's imperative that we recognize that it's not our money. It's God's money. And he tells us that we need to pay unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Um, that's, and there's, there's, you know, instructions specifically that Paul gives us in Romans chapter 13. And uh, there's also the about the, you know, there's a tax that the Lord discussed in Matthew 22, when he was questioned by the by the Pharisees, um, and you know that was a temple tax, and and so you know that argument doesn't really hold hold water in in terms of being biblical, and so we just need to pay the taxes, and uh, there's an argument as well that that you know. And it's and it's actually probably true that you know our money, a fiat currency, is um, not really real money. Um, it's it's printed out of nothing by the government, and so it the only reason it has value is because we recognize a value for it, and and so you know if we just use that money to pay the taxes, you know, we're just giving back to Caesar what is Caesar's. Um, but, you know, if we really believe that taxes are unconstitutional, we should put our 
apportion tax money into an escrow account and and then uh, pursue a lawsuit with the government about the taxes being unconstitutional and challenge the tax system. But then at least you have the money set aside and it's not about greed. And if you do lose your case, you can pay your taxes, although they'll probably give you all the fines and everything, so you'll owe much more money. But um, you have to check that. Is your motive greed, or is it really about the, the law, about constitu- being constitutional? Um, and if it is about greed, then obviously greed is a sin. Uh, once somebody decides to leave live in sin, you know, then, then um, you can begin to justify other things the same way that you justified that sin. You know, there's another sin um, that is common that we need to think about, and that's fraud. Um, we see, we we clearly see uh, politicians that are dishonest, and and we continue to reelect them. And so, uh, dishonesty and fraudulent activity in political office is accepted as normal, and we don't like it, but we accept it. Um, we tolerate it, though. But we don't tolerate that in the business world, you know, because uh, Americans demand more from business leaders because, you know, they they are victims of what they, you know, direct more direct vis- victims, and so that's why, you know, but but then um, when it comes to to insurance, there are a lot of people that think insurance is just a big ripoff, but you know they are providing a service, um, so. When we do things that defraud insurance companies, um, you know that's not getting justice at all. That's that's it, that's wrong, and and that happens um, even among Christians. They feel justified in that. And um, another area of fraud is medical fraud. I mean, um, in the in the uh, in all, especially. After, after Obamacare, what we see going on in the medical field is incredible um, because doctors and hospitals are having to do things uh, that they feel uh, are wrong and uh, that are unfair to them. And so they are defying that and doing it carefully. And there are, there are many ways of doing that. And one of the main things in the entire medical industry is operated this way is that they increase the bill, um, you know, they, they'll increase the bill above what they actually expect to earn. And then they discount the bill until the entire amount is paid. That they're really expecting, they they code things and and put in you know the insurance companies have these these codes and they will code things um, sometimes code things differently than the real thing just to be able to get the income that they're expecting from that particular situation. That's a real mess. I mean, the insurance companies know it's going on. And it's it's just that you know doctors and dentists they don't get the the that what they actually charge um, they actually write off a, a large portion of 
the money that they make. And one of the ways they do that is by operating on a cash basis. And then they don't have to report the income that they actually should be. They only, they only, they only report what they collect and they also don't have to show and they don't, and they're not aware of the kind of losses that they don't care because what all they care about is what they're going to be able to collect from the insurance company. And so there's, there's a, a weird relationship in that business that, that goes along with that. Car dealerships, it's another area. You know, even Christians that own car dealerships do some of these, these practices in the industry that are wrong. And, uh, you know, inflating the prices of cars and then offering discounts um, and calling it dealer cost when actually it's nothing approaching the actual dealer cost. And in the service center, you know, uh, charging them for things that they didn't really do um, and or may are charging them for things that are covered under warranty. And then they're able to uh, be compensated for the warranty side. That happens in dealerships all the time. And it ha- and and they justify that in their own minds because they have to discount cars so much when they sell them. Also, you know, when you, I think when you, you try to be a good Christian, a good steward of money and not borrow money and you go and buy a car and try to buy, pay cash for it. They the system can't accept that because everybody takes a loan out when they buy a car. Right. And so they've built their profit margins into the, into doing that and they get kickbacks from lenders for uh, choosing them at, to finance the car. So they have incentives to go to certain lenders because they're going to get make more money if they do that. And they price the car accordingly so that they get the profit that they're expecting. And so if you don't, if you try to pay cash for a car, if you've negotiated the price and then you try to pay cash, oh, I'm not going to borrow the money, then they can't accept that. They have to charge you more or they say, you, you know, just borrow the money and pay it off because then they get their their fee <laughs> for for the loan. Um, and that's dishonest. So, you know, it, it does say in Proverbs 10, 9 that, you know, we're always going to be found out if we if we are deceptive. Uh, he who walks in integrity walks securely. And he who perverts his ways is going to be found out. So if you're running your business and you're doing things in a in a underhanded way, they're deceptive way, you're going to eventually be found out. Um, another thing that that business owners do that we need to stop um, doing is misusing company property. And when we set up a legal entity, that legal entity, when it owns property, it's the it is owned by the corporation, not you. You may own the corporation, but that doesn't mean you own uh, the property personally and that you can take personal use of it because it's owned by the company. It's a separate legal entity. And unfortunately, um, a lot of people don't understand this. And so they will um, go to great lengths to figure out how to use company property for personal use, or they will buy expensive cars. And this is really common. I mean, you know, these business owners will buy these expensive cars and then will charge them to the business. And, um, and they're using them as their personal car, but they're saying it's a, 
you know, business use. And they're really loose if they get, if they, they're, you know, try to, they, people try to nail them down. And, but that's, you know, that's, that can be considered theft. And if an employee did that, that would be, they, they would just be really unhappy about that. They would feel like they've been stolen from and they would have legal recourse for that. Why are they doing that to the business that they own? You know, they tend to believe that the company assets are personal assets and that's not true. Um, you know, they do, they do that with cell phones. Um, they take office supplies and they, as if they, all of that stuff is personal, personal belongings because they own the company. So they need to guard against that kind of dishonesty because employees see that and it, it gets in, it gets into the culture. It infects the culture and the culture then begins to follow suit. And um, the, as it says in Proverbs 4, verse 14, do not enter the path of the wicked and do not proceed in the way of evil men. Because when you do, you're going to be found out. Your culture is going to pick that up and you're go- it's going to become, uh, it's going to be replicated throughout your, your company. And then you're going to get in trouble for an employee's action that you are responsible for because you're the one that sets the standard in the company. You change your culture when you do that. And, uh, you know, actually there in the Bible, it says that we need to give restitution. So, you know, there's, there's lots of examples in there of confession and restitution. And one of them is uh, found in Luke 19 verse eight, where uh, Zacchaeus uh, stopped and, and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. You know, so so when he came face to face with with his, you know, the, the truth about what he had done, he repented of cheating people and con- and he confessed and offered to make restitution above what the Jewish law required. And, and so, you know, because the Jewish law required twice, and he was going to give back four times. And that's an example of what we need to do when, when we have been defrauding and we, we come forth with that. Um, you know, there, there are countless examples and I could go on and forever and I've already gone on longer than I think any podcast I have done so far on this because there's so much to say about this, but you know, we need to, we need to just recognize and probably need to put this in, in, in front of us until we're eventually convicted of it in Proverbs 10 verse nine, it says, he who walks in integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will be found out. And when you're found out, you stand to lose everything. You stand to lose your reputation and your ability to to move forward in life the way you had in the past because now you've destroyed trust. So with that, I'll talk to you next time.